Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to Expect a Miracle podcast. I'm so delighted that my very special guest today is pastor, entrepreneur, my good friend, Pastor Bill Winston from Chicago, Illinois. And if you need special prayer, the Abundant Life Prayer Group is ready right now to receive your call, 918-495-7777, or online, oralroberts.com slash prayer. This is Expect a Miracle because we are expecting a miracle in your life today. Uh, Pastor Bill, God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you, Richard. Good to be here. Now, Bill, I got I got to ask you this. Coming from Tuskegee, Alabama, That's right. being, being a graduate of the famed Tuskegee Institute, which, of course, is now yes, Tuskegee indeed. University, yep. uh, going into the military in the Air Force, yep. Being a yep. combat pilot, receiving the all the different awards, the Distinguished yep. Flying Cross, being the top gun in your squadron, all that you went through for six years as a combat yep. pilot uh, at the at the rate uh, rank, I should say, of captain, coming yep. out of there and going to work for IBM and becoming a regional marketing manager, to a pastoring a twenty thousand member church in the Greater Ooh. Chicago area. How Ooh. in God's world did you do that? <laughs> you know. Only God can do that. I mean, this, this is about what we call the grace of God. If you're looking for a person who received God's grace, you're looking at him right now. I received the grace of God. You know, every one of those steps really gave me a springboard for the next step. Uh, and it taught me in flying, taught me discipline, taught me uh, leadership, taught me war, so forth and so on, and combat. And then I went to IBM, of course. I had to learn business. I had to learn selling. And at a time that you could go and present to somebody and they'd say, I don't want it. Kind of reject it, if you will. And learn how to handle that and keep your esteem intact. And then how to manage people. Because some people are different. They, they take a different style of leadership uh, to really motivate them to do the best that they can do. So how to do that. And then God, God got the call in my life. I went and told my boss, I said, hey, John. I said, I'm leaving IBM. He said, wait a minute. I jumped up. He closed his office door. He said, Bill, what's wrong? I said, nothing. He said, well, why are you leaving? I said, I got a call on my life. He said, you got a what? <laughs> I said, I got a call on my life. He said, take two weeks off, Bill. Here, just take two weeks off and just think about what you're saying. <laughs> and I took two weeks off. Well, I meditated the word and heard from God even more. And so I came back to the office. He got me a cup of coffee. He said, Bill, well, how are we doing now? I said, John, I'm still leaving. He said, oh, no, Bill. And I said, John, not only that, I got to leave soon. I got to leave right now. I said, this thing is strong on me. And it was. So what happened? I mean, he hated to see me go. They all thought, this guy, maybe he's gotten too religious and so forth. I'm telling you, some years later, they're calling me asking me, could they get enrolled in the business school? Now, this is the same people. So this is what God can do for you. That's how I got here. Well, I, I want to come back to the business school, the Joseph School that you founded, but but I want to go back to the very beginning. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Did you have any influence of Christ in your life? And how did you come to Christ? Okay, my my parents were uh, church-going parents. They just they just didn't live it. I mean, but they, they went to church, and denominational church, and it took us, you know, on Sundays and so forth and so on. And so growing up there in Tuskegee, just about everybody, no matter whether you're a physician or whatever, you went to, you went to church. I mean, yes. at the church Sunday morning, every house was empty. I mean, people going to church. 
and they had different uh, denominations there. And I grew up. And, you know, even when I was a young kid, I used to come home for some reason, strange reason. Uh, now we know what it is, but I would read the Bible. I'd come home before I'd go play football. I'd read the Bible for some reason. And then I grew on up and so forth and kind of got away in high school and then college and then military and so forth. Well, I came back, got out of the military and went with IBM. Well, I went to classes for training, but things didn't work out the way I thought. Oh, I was a hotshot fighter pilot, thought I could do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this sales thing began to really look like failure to me. And I said, wait, wait a minute, what's, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then I, I began to really try and, and nothing would break. And, and first month went by, second month went by. Now, they cut your salary in half because you make the rest on commission. So I'm, I'm, my family's hurting now. It's me and what? What's going on? I had to go borrow some money and so forth. Well, one good day, I just night, I just came in and I cried out. I just got in my apartment and I said, "Lord, um, would you please help me?" Now I didn't know much, but I knew that. Yes. And I cried out, "Would you please help me?" About four days later, one of the people who worked on my same floor downtown IBM. She came to me and said, hey, Bill, you want to go with me tonight? And I said, yeah. And I said it because I thought we were going out to have a good time, you Uh know. And uh, she took me up north Chicago, pulled in a schoolyard auditorium parking lot, went in the back door of the auditorium, and people were holding their hands up, praising God. Yes. I said, whoa, what is going on here? (laughs) A guy came up to me and he He hugged me first. He said, brother, Jesus loves you. For some reason, I just broke down. I began to cry and so forth. That night, I received the Lord. Richard, I could feel it on me right now. That night, I received the Lord. And when I did, everything changed. Everything, my performance went from the bottom to the top. Things that were wrong with my body, God healed. The doctor said, well, you're going to have to just live with this. God miraculously healed in a meeting. Man laid hands on me, got filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, just everything changed. Relationships got healed, so forth and so on. That was my experience. Now, while you were with IBM, is that where you met Veronica? That's where I met Veronica. She was working at IBM. At IBM. She was too. Was (laughs) Was she already a Christian? She was a Christian. We, we, I think we were both so-called Christians. Okay, but, all right. But, uh, but, you, but had she, the, you got the manifestation. She, <laughs> manifestation, and we got it. And I'm telling you, we got on fire for God. Uh, oftentimes, oftentimes people ask me, Richard, what does the call of God feel like? When you were at, when you were at IBM and you said you, you went in and you said, I've got this call on my life. How did you know that was the call of God and you knew what you were supposed to do? What happened was this time, I mean, this thing was coming up on me, like, just like you'd get in water and it's ankle deep and then it'll come to knee deep and Mm -hmm. so forth. This thing was rising up inside of me. What we had started doing is because we're on fire so much and we had both come from Chicago now in Minneapolis and, and, and uh, we were both there at IBM. We started having little Bible studies in our apartment. Well, that's grew. 
And it grew to the point we had to move it to a YMCA. Mm -hmm. Well, it kept growing. And now we moved it to another YMCA that was bigger. Now I'm listening to people like Dr. Fred Price and Charles Capps. I mean, I wouldn't miss him and, and Brother Copeland. So I mean, all these things. So what happened now is now this thing has grown. And I was a member of the church here in Chicago in uh, that one of the large churches here in Chicago, and the bishop called me, and I said, Bishop, you know, I'm, I'm having this thing growing. He said, well, I can send some people up there and get you them filled with the Holy Spirit if you want me to. I said, no, Bishop, they're already filled. I've got them filled. <laughs> I mean, here I am in my apartment, and one of the ladies came, and she said, um, I was teaching on water baptism, you know, just and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. She said, well, well, I'd like to be baptized right now. I said, well, I'm in an, we're in an apartment here. We're on the, you know, it's eighth floor of apartment building. I said, that's swimming pool downstairs, but that's a public pool. She said, well, I bought my swimming trunk. I said, yeah, <laughs> now all these people around, I'm trying to deny this. I had to end up taking her down at the three feet in, baptizing her with all those people standing around. I had on my trunk, she had on her bathing suit, baptized her, and watch it. Then at the, looked like three days, uh, the next week, at one of our services at the YMCA, then I invited one of the people from IBM, one of my staff, and you know, I didn't push this off on them, I just kind of acted the part, mm -hmm. and she heard that we had a ministry, she and three or four other people came, and they came and she was sitting way in the back at the YMCA and I started the service and her hand went up. I said, yes, Ann. She said, I want to be saved. I said, okay. I said, now listen, um, I'm going to call for that at the end of the service and so forth and then we'll take in. She, uh, she sat down and I said a few more words. Her hand went up again. I said, yes, Ann. I want to be saved now. <laughs> but that's how new I was at it. You know what I yeah. mean? But that's what happens when it's presented the right way. And, and we had miracles. And come on, I had been to ORU. I had been down in seminary. I, I'm telling you. And all that was put in me. This, yes. this whole healing, this whole miracle thing. I'm telling you. So that's where I got started. Well, the reason I ask is because people often ask me that question, and, and I always respond that, that all of that was in me, not, and I didn't even realize how much was yes. in me until when yeah. I was 19, my dad, uh, your friend, laid his hands on me and began to prophesy, and all that that had been put in me that I didn't even realize was inside me came pouring up on the inside of me, and oh, I yeah. knew. My dad yeah. would say, Richard, when the call of God comes in your, on your life, you just know. You know that you know that you know. And the same happened when uh, he laid hands on me and prophesied that I would go into the healing ministry. And the miracles began happening, and I just knew. And that's why I've pursued that all of my life. Uh, Bill, uh, here you are now with a 20,000-member uh, congregation, multicultural in, in the great city of Chicago. Uh, you're on television. You're online. My, my wife and I have have devoured your books. We have we have watched you over and over. I think one or two or three of your sermons. My my wife must have watched thirty times each. Uh, she has preached it. I have preached it. Uh, 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 what about all that you're doing now? What about this uh, this Joseph uh, Business School that you founded? Because I know coming out of a business uh, background, that is a natural. It's a natural. Now, I I went. I was in ORU, 
And I knew that God was trying to say something to me. So I kind of consecrated myself to the Lord for a few days here. I'm, I'm in full time, um, the seminary now. And, and so what happens now is God starts speaking to me. He said, go over to Isaiah 48, 17. I went over there and said, thus said the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God that teacheth thee to profit, and I'll show you the way to go. And I took that, and that scripture began to speak to me. And out of that scripture, I learned that God was a God of profit. Mm-hmm. You see, I'd never been told that. I told the church was nonprofit, <laughs> all of this. I didn't know God was a God of profit. And so I found out, he said, take the straps off, just like that. Why? Because mm-hmm. my thinking was too small. And that's when he says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, am I wishing that you're with? As uh, your heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts. So I had to come up higher. I had to see that, wait a minute, God can be in a business world. He can be in media. He can be in all these mountains, all these professions can be such that God could be the person that, you know, guiding them and so forth. So that's when we started, came back. And what I said, I called two people, called Dolores Thomas and our, and our husband, Ray Thomas. I said, okay, now you've got your MBA from the University of Chicago. You've got yours from Harvard. I said, why don't you help me put together a business school for entrepreneurs doing business God's way? Yes. And they said, hey, okay. I said, go, go, go and, you know, gather your information. Come back and tell me how long it's going to take. They said, okay. They gathered the information, came back and said, it'll take 18 months to two years. I said, let me pray. I prayed. God said, go back and tell them it'll take two months. I said, okay, Lord. I went back and said, God said, it'll take two months. Well, they being obedient, they just started out. All of a sudden, discovered there's a whole entrepreneurship program already written by a lady in Michigan, University of Michigan, that says, hey, you can have the whole program. Yes. We took it, took all the things that shouldn't be in it out, put Jesus in there, the blood, the Holy Ghost, put all of that in there. Now you see the Joseph Business School in five continents of the world, Mm -hmm. fully accredited and graduating over a thousand people. And I'm just saying that is God's miracle working power. Oh, praise God for that. Tell the people a little bit about your family, because I know you have, you have a wonderful family, wonderful wife, Veronica, you have children, you got grand, you got grandkids. You got to, you got to give a family update. Eight grandkids. I'm telling you, you got three kids, uh, two daughters and a, and a son, David. And uh, he also graduated from RU. He, and I'm just saying, putting them together and have them with that second line of defense. One of my daughters came out of University uh, Illinois. She is uh, handled some on the business side, on the travel side, on the concierge side, on handling the airplanes and so forth. And so on, the other daughter handles all the property that we've got and so forth. And then my son, of course, he handles BWM, Bill Winston Ministries, and does preaching for me as well, so forth and so on, and uh, wonderful grandkids. Oh, praise God for that. You are in what many people believe is one of the most dangerous cities in America. How yes, have you been able to do what you've done for the Lord in that place? Okay, now that's a good question. One day I stood on the steps of our one of our services. I stood on the pulpit. 
I said, we are now going to turn jails into boarding schools because I see what's happening. Single family homes, people don't have much money, so forth. Kids, you know, not being educated properly. So they end up in incarceration. Well, we formed a group called RISE, and it has to do with going into the incarceration places and actually developing value in their lives. So we have since then, we have got programmed going into those uh, jails and Cook County detention. And we even have had, we've got Bible schools in there now, we've baptized in there now, <laughs> fill them with the Holy Spirit. We've got literacy classes in there now, watch this. We've got leadership classes in there now. The sheriff called us and said, hey, can you put a financial literacy in here now? We put that in there now. And watch this. Now they're building out two centers for training on computer and computer labs. And that's a first in the incarceration places because they don't put those in there. Now, how did that, how did that happen? It happened because I decreed it. Yeah. And yeah. the Bible says, thou can shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. So now I'm decreeing we're turning the west side, one of the worst sides in Chicago, into Wall Street. Well, the, the Bible talks about Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Well, now, Jerusalem, to me, represents my home. Uh, Samaria yes. represents the tough places. Yes, indeed. And that's where you're going. You're investing yes, in your own community in the tough places. In the you tough know, places. And, and all over all over the earth. And, and that's what the church should do. Yeah. And we have, you know, office in Canada, office in South Africa, so forth and so forth. But, but I got that from, you know, from, from your dad and from Brother Copeland. I got that from you all. I mean, I, I just saw how God would take you and start you. And it said, don't despise small beginnings. And, and we came to Chicago with $200, no place to stay. And, and a lady took us in her home. That's the way we started. And now we look what God has done. Well, I heard you tell the story once on one of your messages about how your wife was cooking a bowl of uh, a pot of soup and, and uh, <laughs> you already ate it yourself, but she was sewing it into somebody else. She sewed it somebody else because they, they, they had fallen on hard times. But she was looking for a job that's down in, in Tulsa at that time. And they were laying off because of the job market. But we went to the word of God and saw what the word of God promised us that my God shall supply all your need. We took that thing and worked that principle of sowing and reaping. And I'm telling you, that book called Seed Faith, <laughs> I recommend that to anybody, anywhere, well, no matter what your profession. The book by Brother Roberts called Seed Faith. Powerful. It's an interesting story about that, uh, Bill. When, when my dad wrote that book in 1969, uh, he was. We were doing our TV programs at that time in California, and and he wrote that book in California, and I was there. And he said, "My secretary isn't here, Richard, so you're going to type it." He had an old uh, IBM I, <laughs> IBM Selectric typewriter. That okay. my mother brought out, and I typed the original manuscript, and then he Ooh. took it and changed it. He had me double space it so he could make changes, and then he would change it, give it back to me. I typed it again. He made changes. I typed it again. I think I typed that manuscript six times, and by the time I finished <laughs> typing it the six times, I knew it as well as he did. <laughs> it got in me then. It got in me then. Most principles in there are principles really that 
are eternal principles. I mean, yes. these those principles are so solid. And the examples that he uses help to build your faith yeah. in the whole idea, because a lot of people are trying to make it on the system. And 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 it's 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 just not cutting it. It's like Jacob working for Laban, but he just couldn't yeah. get loose. But when he finally woke up and got a revelation of God's way of doing things, that's when things began to open up, and so did I. Now, speaking of books, you've got a brand new book now. Tell me a little bit about it. It's called Faith and the Marketplace. Now, what I did is I came from the marketplace, and I came into faith. And I came first using faith in the marketplace. And then it got so good until that's why I think when the Lord saw I had my knowledge up to a certain point, he called me to full time. But I now can relate to people that are in the marketplace, how they need faith for that profession to really give them that end game in that that product that God really wants for their lives. And so I go through that book and kind of tell them that the Hebrew way of looking at our faith is the fact that faith should be used everywhere. It, it shouldn't be just on Sunday mornings that you go and spend time with God. But God is a 24-7 God. And a lot of the Greek way of looking at that is that, you know, Sunday is way over here and religious things or whatever. And then, and then your work is way over here. And it was never meant to be so. So I bring them together and show people how to apply integrity and how to, so all these principles that are guaranteed by the Bible to make you successful. That's what that book is all about. It's a, it's a cross-pollinization, in other words, of your whole life where you infuse God in everything you're doing. I preached, I preached a message once, how to get through the, how to get through your weekdays, not W E A, not W E E K, but W E A K. When you get tempted between Sunday and Sunday, you know, (laughs) you, you got, you, you got to have something in every area of your life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not just Sunday and Sunday. And, and it works for a person who's a housewife or house husband. It works for people who are in Hollywood. It works for anybody. Yes. And what happened is, again, people have been talked out of that and say, well, don't bring that in here now. But wait a minute. that That's what this book is for. <laughs> this book yes. is for success in life. And it tells you exactly how to do it. And I believe if anybody follows it, they're guaranteed to be successful. Well, you're talking about declaration and decreeing. This is a declaration. This is a decree. You mentioned it a moment ago. Can you share a little bit more about decreeing? Because it's yeah. so important that we get our words in harmony with what God says. The, the tendency is, is, is to try to say one thing and expect something different. And, and you can't do that. Words, words were originally not meant so much for communication as for creation. And so what people, we've gone, you know, we call a, a fallen man, Adam sin, uh, then mankind is now using just to communicate, so forth and so on. But they're originally meant, we're meant to be operating in the image of God and the likeness of God, just like the Father operates. And we found that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse, verse 1, in the Amplified. It shows you a pretty good picture of that. So I found out that I can decree a thing coming out of Job chapter 22 and verse 28, and it shall be established. Now, what do I have to do? I'm taking my authority or dominion that God has given me over this earth, because there are a lot of things that might not be right, and it's going to take more than human effort to fix it. Well, if I can release the blessing through a decree, then something has got to happen. The blessing knows what to do. It's a power of God 
that can turn any place into a Garden of Eden. It doesn't make any difference how bad it is. So I'm saying, I'm releasing that. We're turning jails into boarding schools. All of a sudden, next thing I know, it's, it's working so powerfully until the president now decrees a, a um, prison reform. And next thing I know, I'm sitting in the cabinet room beside the president talking about prison reform. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, look what that blessing will do for you. See, the blessing pulled Joseph up out of that place where his brothers had thrown him because they, they planned on killing him. The blessing pulled him out of there. Well, the blessing ushered him down to Egypt so that he could go down there and that blessing could explode. Even though things kept coming against him. There you go. Doesn't make any difference. Does not make any difference. And a lot of times people speak the wrong thing because they think the wrong thing. Over in Proverbs chapter 30, it says the fact that when I have a wrong thought, put my hand over my mouth. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times people are speaking against the blessing. And, and that that's up to us. So I'm just saying we're using a blessing to change Chicago. Yeah, I think sometimes we need to get some anointed Holy Ghost duct tape and put it right across <laughs> right across here until we can say something that, that's in harmony with Send me some of that if you can find some. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. What what didn't you know 20 years ago that you would have done had you known then what you know now? I think in terms of how to really get things done with spiritual help. I think a lot of times the people of God um, don't allow the resources of God to be used. We, we're still trying to handle things personally in our own strength. You know, if you look at it like this, we're designed to do the impossible. See, if something can be done, skill and education and hard work can do it. But if something can't be done, faith can do it. And usually what happens is God calls you to what can't be done. There's no way I could buy this mall. <laughs> That's no 33 acres. There's no, no way. I'm saying there's no way that I could have started that school and put it in 21, uh, in, in, um, to have 21 schools in five con- continents. There's just no way. you got to use faith to do it. What is faith? Do? It commands angels and, and, and the Holy Spirit start to operate on people's hearts and, and he opens a door and gives you favor. When the, the mayor said, hey, we're not going to let you have church on that piece of property because it's zoned out. God said, I'll fix that. Go to bed early and wake up early. I said, yes, sir. I did that. He said, now pray in the spirit and expect me to answer. I prayed in the spirit and he gave me interpretation. He said, take this Romans chapter 13, one through seven, go read it to the mayor. I said, okay, Lord. I called for a meeting with the mayor that said the mayor's busy. I said, listen, I told the people of congregation that we're going to have services over there in that mall and that we're going to start it tonight. I said, so I demand to see the mayor uh, in in this uh, particular area village. And they said, let me call you back. Call me back and said, Reverend, uh, the mayor will see you for 10 minutes. I went over there. I didn't need for 10 minutes. I didn't need for one minute. <laughs> I read this scripture to the mayor. The mayor jumped up as if the mayor had seen some, a ghost or something. <laughs> Reverend, uh, I, I don't know what to do. They, they voted not to let you in there. They, they've zoned it out. I said, well, 
that I was told to come see you. And ran in the other office to see the building commissioner, came back and said, let me call you back in an hour. Called me back in an hour and told me you can go in there tonight for one time and you cannot have services on that property again. This property has been built out. Church is huge. I'm telling you what God changed all the laws. I'm saying, I think if I'd have known then when I started first started in Chicago with those 20 people, if I'd known then what I know now, we could explode it much quicker. Well, sometimes you can't, uh, sometimes God doesn't let you see all that. <laughs> he waits until you can handle it a little bit better. He, he does. He does. I think that if I'd have had those many people, I wouldn't know what to do with it. That's I'd, like have the, probably run, I'd probably run half of them off, Richard. That's <laughs> like the fellow that said, I, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd take better care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, I honor I honor you and your ministry and your dear wife, Veronica, and all that you have done. What a blessing uh, you have been to my wife and to me and to our viewers. And I'd like to ask you, as we come to the close now, if you would pray and yes. just believe God for miracles in people's lives. Yes, sir. Father, we do come before you in the name of the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done for us and how you've enabled us to be not only stewards of the gospel, but Lord, able us to just love you and want to please you in everything that we do. Thank you so much for it. Father, I thank you for Richard and the great ministry that you have given him that has affected millions in the world. Father, I pray now for the listening audience and those who may be going through troubled times or those who may be in some way hurting or even in their bodies, they may have a physical uh, malady or disorder or maybe a pain or sickness. I, in the name of Jesus, as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, come against that pain, that sickness, that disorder. I come against any uh, uh, malady that the enemy would try to put on them, for they are washed in the blood of Jesus. And Father, I plead that blood for every sickness, every pain, every oppression that they may be going through. And I command you, Satan, Get your hands off of those people. I decree it. Father, I pray the healing of their bodies right now in the name of Jesus and their minds. Lord, we thank you for it because we've spoken it. We believe it so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dr. Bill, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. God bless you. God bless Veronica. And uh, be sure and order his new book. I pray and believe it will be a blessing to you. Thank you so much. And my dear friend, if you need a special prayer, the Abundant Life Prayer Group is ready right now. It's been on duty since 1958. Over 25 million telephone calls through the Abundant Life Prayer Group. It's on duty right now, 918-495-7777 or online, oralroberts.com slash prayer. If this is a blessing to you, thank you for every seed that you sow into this ministry. God bless it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in the authority of Jesus' name. I'll be back next week with another very special guest. God bless you and expect a miracle. If you're enjoying this Expect a Miracle podcast with Richard Roberts, please subscribe and rate us. It helps spread the healing message. And remember, we want to pray for your needs today. Go to oralroberts.com prayer or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777 and let us know your prayer requests. 
Expect a miracle today.